Welcome to Reflections, the podcast that biblically encourages, equips, and empowers women for apostolic life and service. Here's your host, Dr. Cindy Miller. Welcome back to Let's Talk. And we are right in the middle of the holiday season. We've been We've had Thanksgiving, now we're headed into Christmas. And so I brought back for all of us to continue the conversation with my guest today, Shelly Kuhn, uh, who is the woman of the hour for keeping us focused, keeping us on track, helping us to uh, really live according to our values and hold on to our priorities. My name is Cindy Miller, and I am your host for Let's Let's Talk. And this is a podcast that's produced by Reflections Magazine. At the end, after it's all over, we're going to have referenced some things and you're going to want follow-up, so make sure that you go to the notes section and check out what we've provided there for you. So, Shelly, Christmas, such an exciting time, and we want to enjoy everything that it can bring. It's, you know, I, like right now I say Christmas, I'm thinking about the church uh, party and then my own family Christmas Eve celebration and uh, all the things in between and gifts to buy and gifts not to buy, yeah. who to buy for. And, oh, well, we decided we're not buying anymore. All these things we're going to try to get into uh, through this. But I want to start with what's really important. We talked in the last episode about our value system and holding on to our priorities. And uh, I, I, I'm hoping everybody viewed that so when they're viewing and are listening into this one, that will make sense. But I want to start with making room for God. Mm-hmm. So usually, I, don't, I mean, it's not what I want, and I'm not proud of it, but on, in the busiest seasons of my life, I have to work harder than ever to hold on to what I love the most, which is my mornings that I just come down the stairs and I just have my Bible and my quiet time and, you know, just really get the day off to a great start connected to God. But a lot of times in the holidays, it's, oh my goodness, I've got to bake this or cook that or be here or do that or catch this flight out. And, and it seems like holding on to my priorities gets a little tougher in the holidays. Yeah. So what, what is it like for you? How do you hold on to your time with the Lord and keep Christ in Christmas, as yeah. everybody likes to say? How do you do it? Well, we all go through busy seasons, and so Christmas is really just another one of those seasons of our life that's really busy. And for me, holding on to those simple routines that keep my life on track through those seasons is really, really important to me. And one of those very important routines is my morning routine. And I I do believe that um, if, if you miss your, you know, the one morning that it's not like your salvation is lost, but by keeping that first for me, mm-hmm. this is for me, by doing that the first thing in the morning, not picking up my phone, and especially during those times when life is crazy, of making that a priority, it, it makes all the difference. And um, while you were talking, I was thinking, and I can share these with you if you want to share them in the notes, there are two different devotions I've done during the Christmas season oh, nice. that I've really enjoyed, and they're, they're by apostolic authors, and they're for the Christmas season. And that's been sort of like this extra little thing doing during Christmas that I have thoroughly enjoyed. I'm going to do one of them again, actually, this year. Um, and so just keeping that priority there, but also keeping those those uh, those simple routines. Like, don't let those routines go, like your morning devotion. If that's something you do regularly, which, of course, we should be doing that, 
it's all the more important during these crazy seasons. Well, and then it makes me think where you're talking about it, going back to that planner. Mm -hmm. So you print it out. You talked about it last time. You have it printed. Maybe we should slot in every morning morning devotion, and it's it's not negotiable. Right. That's just what we're going to yeah. do, unless you do see that 5 a.m. flight, and then it's absolutely. like, pray on the plane. Okay, it works. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, you you can absolutely do that. Read, read that devotion while you're yeah. on the plane if you have a 5 a.m. So, so if we miss the morning devotion, no guilt, no shame, but really we're only hurting ourselves mm -hmm. if we get so busy that we lose that connection to God. Right. Because... It's not just about him being the reason for the season. It is about, I need him. Mm -hmm. I, I don't just need him. I want him in my life. I want him in the day. You know, I want him guiding every part of me. And so for me, if I'm going to stay in the framework of joy and peace, you know, and, and really walking in that serenity of the Holy Spirit, then, you know, he, that's not an option. Right. You know, we're definitely going to have to have that. So... I, I want to kind of get onto another set of relationships. So our first priority is our time with the Lord and how we structure that. And we a little bit touched on family relationships mm -hmm. last time we chatted. Uh, but I want to talk about the need to manage our family relationships through the holidays. So we know our two greatest resources are time and money. Um, we have limited of both, you know, very important. And so we're already in busy lives here. And so now we're adding to more expectations, more demands. And in a time when, you know, everything's supposed to be so amazing and, and just everything's critically important, you know, we're looking at, I, I need to spend time with my, my circle of mm -hmm. family, but my parents are still living you know, I certainly want to connect with them over the holidays. And my husband is from a very large family. What do we do about his family? And it's, and then it, it starts spiraling out mm -hmm. of control. Like, that is the only week we can all see family, apparently. Yeah. But, you know, and that's ridiculous. We shouldn't feel that pressure, but we do. So what are your thoughts on family time and really having to guard our resources? So we have time. And we have money mm -hmm. that we have limited amounts of. So how do you, going forward, how do you plan? I know we talked about this last time, but what are some thoughts you have around that? So we, and we talked about, about this a little bit last episode, but um, communicating. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can't have this expectation and it just be the silent thing in our brain and expect everybody else to pick up on it. That's, that's not going to happen, and your expectations are definitely not going to be met if you don't share those with your family. But sitting down and talking about it, um, in my own personal experience, my sister and I have had to have some really frank conversations. She is naturally an extrovert. Like, she would be with us 24-7. <laughs> and I, like, she's she literally, is. and she's a wonderful she's so person. Fun. She's my very best friend. I love being with her, but I realized that our lives are so full that around the Christmas holiday, I just need a minute sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, last year, I think it was last year or the year before, we had a really open conversation about it seems like we would spend these two days, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day together, the entire time, and I didn't have a, just a minute because I'm not naturally extroverted. Like, I need a minute to, to get my, to be by myself. 
and we had little, little kids. So they're all like, <coughs> oh, sorry, I have something oh, in my throat. That's okay. They're all <laughs> running around, you know, screaming at the top of their lungs when they're together because that's what little girls, apparently, there's their favorite thing to do. As loud as possible. As loud as possible at the top of their lungs. And so um, we just, we determined a kind of new system where we would do this Christmas Eve brunch at my house. And it was so much fun. And we all brought these, like, delicious quiches and all of this stuff. And then Christmas Eve was just quiet with our own little families. And then we all came back together Christmas Day. And for me, that made such a huge difference that I had just like a little bit of alone time. Again, that's Gave being very vulnerable. Yes, I love mm-hmm. my family. I don't want it to sound like I don't want to be with my family, but I just needed a minute. And so if we don't talk about that, then I could just sit over there and, and be miserable all by myself. And that's my own fault for not expressing that. And then as far as budgeting, that is such a huge thing. We've all fallen into the trap of spending way too much money at Christmas because I don't know why we feel the need to buy all these extravagant gifts and do all these extra things that are outside of our budget. Or maybe not extravagant, but we're just, you get into the store and all yep. of a sudden it's like, it's on sale. I'll get 10 in case, you know, I right. need to give gifts Absolutely. away. Absolutely. And so determining what's my gift list, who am I purchasing for? Again, communicating with your family. When my sister and I started having kids, we decided we're just going to buy for the kids. Her and I do this little birthday thing where we take each other out Mm -hmm. later in the year, but we just buy for the kids and buy for our parents. So having those conversations, what is our budget that we're spending so that she doesn't buy my kids a $100 gift and I buy her kids a $20 (laughs) gift and then I'm feeling really guilty about that. (laughs) Talk about what what you're spending. Um, My husband and I, for our very first Christmas 20 years ago, I still have the watch. He does not have the paintball gun that we charged because we were like, here's poor, and then we're like down here (laughs) somewhere. You know, I always say like you're making ends meet, and our our ends are like, help, we can't meet. And so we thought it was, of course, our first Christmas. We should buy these like really nice presents that probably took us like seven years to pay off with interest. (laughs) You know, that's just the reality of it. And I remember selling that very expensive paintball gun that he probably used once at a garage sale for like five dollars, and thinking. That was so ridiculous of us, you know, to buy these things. Right. And um, and we all make mistakes. So learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to spend the next year paying for Christmas. So start early. Think about what a budget is. And we had a couple of years where that we were paying off debt. We had gotten into some debt and we were paying it off. And so we were honest with our family. We're not buying Christmas presents for each other. Our presents are going to be much smaller this year. And yeah, that hurts your pride a little bit, but it's just the reality of seasons of life. Because you had a greater goal. Yes, we and they knew we we're trying to pay off debt and they respected that and they didn't go over the top for us. Laura, please don't go over the top for us because we can't do that mm-hmm. for you. And if we have those conversations, while they may seem a little sticky at first, once we start having them, it just makes everything so much easier. But after the holiday, wasn't it a relief to not have yes. all that debt? Yes. What, what do you do if somebody brings you a gift? Do you feel that pressure like, oh, now I've got to run out and buy them. Oh, let me send them a gift card through email right. or something. And what do you do with gift givers who insist on giving? And you know, well, that's not in my budget. Yeah. Do we violate the budget or do we hold? How do, how do you handle that? How do we hold fast to what we're saying here today without? Yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, one. I don't think we, we should violate our budget for that. Thank you so much for this gift that you've given me. But that doesn't mean that we have to buy them a present, too. The gift is about the the act of giving. Maybe if you really feel the pressure, then bake them some cookies. Do something that is within your budget for that. But um, 
But also avoid setting up the expectation that every person on earth who brings me a gift, that they're going to make it to the gift giving list next year. So, so by not, by just graciously yeah. accepting what was yeah. offered in love and not putting conditions around it or reacting to it, then it also is very clear this is not our new tradition. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important too. No, absolutely. Yes. Well, I, I know that we had to have that tough conversation, me and my family, as you know, my children were getting married and they're having children. And, and so we did, we made the decision uh, a year ago, Christmas, that we were going to just focus on the little children at Christmas. But we decided we would rather do all year long, we would rather have a really fun, wonderful, all family birthday party than just like, oh, let's just pour it all into one evening out of the year. Yeah. So we had that tough conversation, and some were for it, and some were against it, and some were agreeable, but not as thrilled. But at the end, we just kind of had to figure out what is working best mm -hmm. for the family. And, um, and so happy to report that the year of birthday celebrations has more than won everyone over. They're That's like, awesome. yes, we would never go back to that, you know, so... Yeah, having having tough conversations because some people do not want to change and mm -hmm. it is going to be difficult. And how we how we hold on to what is best for ourselves as individuals and for our family members when we have to have those hard conversations. You know, that's absolutely that's, that's difficult because you don't want your holidays messed up. And so sometimes we cave like, oh, we're going to this person's house for Christmas and they expect X, Y, and Z. So this year I'm just going to do it because that's what they're expecting. But then if you're angry about mm -hmm. it for the next 10 months, what have you really won, you know? Right. And it's amazing that we would allow some people to, to, to say those things and to affect us so much. I know that um, when we verbally adopted minimalism, I feel like it always kind of been something that was there. I laugh because we... Uh, evangelized for five years and we're on deputation for two years and so we were nomads two of those years we lived in a travel trailer so it was like a kind of a a minimalist lifestyle whether we liked it or not um but when we said we are adopting minimalism we don't want so much stuff in our life and we really did cut down the things we purchased our own children you would think that that's like our own personal decision but people not immediate family but other people had things to say as if like they had an opinion about how much stuff we were going to buy our kids or something, you know? Like and they had so, a right to, yeah, to express themselves. If we stop and think about, like, why am I letting this person have this yeah. much input into my life? It really doesn't matter. So how, how did your children adapt? when? Because obviously you made that decision mm -hmm. for them. So what, were they old enough to really know the difference? Or if they go, you know, if their friends, they go over to their friend's house and there's 40 or 50 presents per person under mm -hmm. the tree, do they come home and like, mom, you know, <laughs> we're cheated or like, how, how did you introduce it to your children and in a way that they've embraced it or maybe they haven't, I don't know. Well, we, with our son, it wasn't really such a conversation with our daughter. She is much more observant and notices all the things the other people have. And so we've had to have a lot of those conversations yeah. like so-and-so, their aunt, so-and-so bought them this thing and I don't have it. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, well... I'm so sorry for you. That's just the way that life, life is. is hard, like we're not going to go buy you one of those things. She wants all the things that all the people have. Um, but we started uh, really valuing experiences over things. Mm -hmm. 
Because if you realize like how much stuff that we're consistently just getting rid of or the and kids aren't playing with. And makes it to a yard sale for $5. Absolutely. Well, I just skipped the whole yard sale thing. The last one I had, I promised I would never do another one. There's so much work. And then it's like $200 later. Right. Like, oh, if you're doing well, it's right. 200 Yeah, right. <laughs> On a good and day. It took you like four days of solid work to do this thing. Not really, for me, a great um, exchange for my time. But uh, we did a big family trip. And we talked about the kids ahead of time. We said... Now, we usually try to take a family vacation anyhow, but we took a little bit of a bigger one and really just said, this is going to be for Christmas. Mm -hmm. This is what we're going to do. And then we did stocking stuffers, and they were fine with it. We're in a season of life where grandparents are still very active in their life. And I think sometimes as parents, we put this thing on ourselves, like we're supposed to buy our kids this this giant Christmas and well, do all see, that. See, that means the marketing campaigns are working right. because the pressure is on yeah. us, you know, buy more, do more, be more, mm -hmm. and you can have it all and you can do it all. And that's just a lie. Right. You can't have it all and do it all. And do we want our kids to like really have that expectation? I mean, if we think about what we're really trying to instill in our children, do we want them to expect that every Christmas they're going to have 25 gifts under the tree? You know what I mean? Like right. if we're really trying to put those values in them of the things that matter, we say stuff doesn't matter. Oh, but here's like... But at Christmas, <laughs> it really this matters. Stuff, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it really... I can say my kids haven't had like this big fit about it or anything. And I mean, they're definitely... They're not... If we read stories, um, I'm currently reading a book by Nona Freeman, and they talk about their Christmas where it was like one Christmas they actually had enough money to buy gifts. If we really start reframing that... This is just, uh, this is a, um, this consumerism culture is just one that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And if we can take the time to talk about the things that really, really matter, um, maybe even expose our kids to children that don't have so much. I think about one of the things that my parents used to do when we were little kids. We would go into Toys R Us and we were to pick this thing that we really wanted for somebody else. Oh, I like My parents that. did that every year. And that was when Toys R Us was still this huge store. And while that sometimes I do definitely remember thinking, I wish I had this thing I'm <laughs> buying for this kid because maybe I didn't have that thing. That has made such an impact in my life. And I haven't done that every year for my kids. I have tried to be more intentional about it. But uh, if we can expose our kids to there are other needs, let's give to somebody else. Because it really is more blessed to give than receive. And once you start doing that, it feels really good. Then focusing on we have to get all of this stuff, we can really start to change the mindset of our family. And so... Um, and it is exhausting. I mean, even children, after they unwrap yeah. 10 presents, you can kind of see they're just tossing it to the side, going to the next thing. Yeah. You know, it's just more things. And mm -hmm. so I do agree. I think less is better. I don't know when you're five, you agree with me. But. Right. Well... We had a couple of years ago, we had this certain budget, and we had found this one thing that our son really wanted, and I think our kids at the time were like 3 and 13 or something like that, and so we ended up spending very little money on the three-year-old. Her favorite thing were these $3 pair of slippers that I bought her. Like, she was so, so excited about the $3 slippers, and so we were able, we, we used a little more money and bought our son this thing that he really, really wanted. We have a video of him like screaming yeah. over it. And so sometimes we get caught in that trap of I have to spend this much money or I have to do this thing rather than um, 
not focusing on that, not getting caught in that consumerism trap. And I think our families will will follow along. I think they'll probably do better than we give them credit Absolutely. for, right? Absolutely. Well, when we're talking about like stuff and trinkets and don't spend money just to spend money, but buy things that are meaningful and uh, that you're not going to put in a yard sale in January after you bought it in December. Uh, I, I'm just thinking, I just decluttered my house. You know I did because I call you. Uh, and so right now I'm feeling like, don't bring me more things. Mm-hmm. I don't want things. And so it really goes back to what you're saying. I want experiences. I want time with family. I just don't want things in my house. But you endorse this approach to life as simplified living in order to stay focused on what really matters. So how could we, not just the holidays, not just saying, okay, uh, really keep a, a, a very cautious approach to what you're doing and be mindful, but how do we live daily in a way that we're keeping the clutter out? So it's not like, okay, come January 1st, I have this big decluttering to do and I'm gonna get rid of everything and start fresh. What are small things we can do every day that we look back and maybe six months from now or a year from now, we have some really great habits that we have uh, incorporated into life and we're achieving the goal without having that huge yard sale or, you know, or having to take a week off work just to clean the house or something, you know? So when we, if we start going through that process of decluttering, for me, that was really eye-opening. I got rid of stuff that had the price tags hanging on it. Mm -hmm. And that feels really terrible, actually. To think that That's I had painful. this, yeah, it's, I had this thing that I paid money you for. You look at the price tag, like, right. oh, maybe I need to keep it another year. Right, I should keep it, <laughs> even though it doesn't fit. I should just mm-hmm. like keep it hanging in my closet because I bought this thing and I never wore no. it with the price tag. But maybe tag. I will next year. Right, right, right. <laughs> and so by going through that process, that is just very eye opening, and it makes you start thinking when you bring stuff into your house. So when you're shopping, it the store I think it changed my mindset the most at was Home Goods. I love that store. And there's stuff in there that I had no idea that I needed. Like, I did not even know it existed. And this would be perfect. But now I know. So I do the whole, like, put stuff in my cart and then go back around and take it all back out. And leave the store so many times with nothing. Because I was looking for this one particular thing that I didn't find. But I found five other things that I did not know that I needed. And now I know, think that I need them. And so if we stop and ask ourselves the question, like, is this something that I actually need? With clothing, do... Do I put this on and think, oh my goodness, I cannot wait to wear this. I love this. It fits me great. Or I'm going to this thing next week, and so I shouldn't wear the same thing that I wore last year at the same event, so I need something new. If we really reframe our questioning of, is this a um, is this an item that I, I love this, I'm going to wear this sweater probably once a week because it's my favorite thing to wear, or is this just something I'm buying because it feels like the right thing to do, like a compulsive purchase? When we start reframing our thinking, that will change the stuff we bring in our house. So then as the stuff exits our house, it's not this just continuous cycle of bringing in and getting out and bringing in and getting out. Which just feels like a vicious cycle. It does. And the thing is, I am consistently getting rid of stuff. Like, I, I am a minimalist, and I'm very careful, but I donate stuff every single month. It may be a small bag or it may be a box because stuff, even being intentional, ends up in our house. It just does. I'm it not does. sure, like exactly. <laughs> Neighbors are bringing it in. Something at night. happens I don't know, and it comes but it's in. There. Yeah, I didn't want it. It's there. Right. So for daily intentional, and we focus on the reason I'm keeping this thing is because I really love it. I really enjoy it. Um, one of the books that I really like is Marie Kondo's book, the 
uh, magical art of tidying up, I think is what it is. Now, she is not Pentecostal. She is another religion. I do not believe the things that she says. She talks about holding things and they have energy. I do not believe that. So if you read that book, don't think that I'm, you know, I will like I'm that. saying that you should be. None of us I think, think it's that. a type of um, a Buddhist religion. But um, really her thought of looking at every item that you have and why do I have this thing? What is the purpose of having this item? If we start really restructuring our, our frame of thought through that daily, it's going to make a huge impact in our home. And, and maybe even uh, helping us get to the finish line through this Christmas season. Absolutely. Because I love Christmas. I love the decoration, the lights. I love it all. Um, but you know what? Like even getting it out of the closet mm -hmm. and putting it up, it's, it's like, oh, I don't love the mess. Yeah. And I don't love all the boxes. And now I have to put all the empty boxes away. And then I had all the stuff that I had to take down and put away. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it, it just feels overwhelming. Yeah. And then after Christmas, it's like, oh, now I got to go through this all yeah. over again. So what are some ways we can take the stress, like still have that, that beauty and have everything we love, but is there a way every day to do a little something towards managing uh, our homes a little better, the decor, the Christmas stuff, the you, am yeah. I making sense? Is so, you know, like the overwhelmedness of it all? Absolutely. This is actually a perfect time to go through your Christmas decorations because you need to go to those boxes that are in the attic because you've already decorated for Christmas. And why are those things still why there? Why did there, I not Shelley? pick that stuff to decorate with? It's really, um, when we first moved in our house, we had been, like I said, nomads for seven years. So I had not been able to decorate a home for Christmas or anything. And I knew we were going to be purchasing a home. So as soon as Christmas was over, we were on our way home for my in-laws who live in Missouri, driving to Georgia, and we stopped at like every world market and Hobby Lobby. This is a horrible thing to confess, but I'm telling you my <laughs> dirty secrets. Yeah. And the stuff we was like sell. 75 and 90% off. And like we filled up our minivan because I had asked for money for Christmas to specifically mm -hmm. buy Christmas stuff because I love Christmas. I had so many Christmas decorations. And then as I started decorating with all those things, I remember taking some stuff down because I realized all this stuff stressed me out. Yeah. It just felt like clutter. It was too much, which has been scientifically proven that clutter creates mental stress on us. Absolutely. Physical clutter is mental, mental clutter. And so um, I am finally down to the boxes. When I unpack my stuff for Christmas, it's like Christmas for me because it's all the stuff that I love and I'm going to use it. I don't have anything left in my Christmas boxes. So do you have to pack your house up in order to make room for it or you add it to or I do take have, some stuff down. You I do have, have a, a plan. Yes. And it, it does involve the teenagers. So if you don't have one, <laughs> you need to like borrow one because going youth up and down group, the stairs. Yes, yes. <laughs> Hire a person from your youth group and give them money towards um, move the mission or something, you know, <laughs> right. for Christmas time. Christmas for Christ fundraiser. But um, yeah, I will take down the stuff on my mantle not add to it because for me that's just some extra stuff I'll take that stuff down I'll move that to the attic we actually have easy access to our attic so wherever that works for you and then I'll put up the Christmas stuff and it feels good and it's not overwhelming and that's another thing thinking about that expectation we have this thought of this hallmark moment of decorating for Christmas have you ever decorated a tree with a three-year-old you know <laughs> yeah it's like a real stressful it's not a hallmark <laughs> it's moment. not a hallmark <laughs> moment so maybe do a lot of it while they're in school and then have it finish up when they get home, 
you know, those kinds of things, like really think through those things that yes. we're stressing ourselves. Stop trying to recreate those moments that are never going to happen. Right, right. Because they <laughs> will be broken. You see them on the screen. No. That, that doesn't happen. Yeah, it's not real life. They'll be broken ornaments. And my daughter uh, considers herself a decorator. And it's not exactly what I had envisioned for that space. Yeah, my daughter considered herself one too. And she never wanted to let her brothers put anything on the tree because apparently she yeah. owned that tree. I'm not quite yeah. sure but how, but she did. That's so, so, yeah, funny. it can turn into uh, tears and sorrow right. and, yeah, yeah, not quite as so much fun. Just being intentional about about but what we have and what I we use. I do think that right now, I mean, even just thinking about it, um, leaving here and going back home, like, you're right. This is the perfect time. Don't put stuff away if you felt like, oh, this is just clutter or mm -hmm. it's old or, you know, go ahead and start taking those baby steps now to uh, those New Year's resolutions right. of declutter. And I remember um, one of the things that you had really encouraged me to do uh, was I keep this little box by my garage door and when I come across something and I know, like, I, I don't use this or, you know, my eyes land on it, still has the price tag <laughs> or whatever. Maybe it's a gift I never used. Um, I go ahead and put it in the mm -hmm. box. And so I did make that a habit of getting rid of things on a consistent basis because somebody is bringing stuff in my house and it's yeah. not me. Yeah. Or maybe it is me. Having a drop box <laughs> for donations is a huge thing. We have a box and we'll trade it out. Like, you know, go to Costco mm -hmm. and get all this stuff. And so we'll just stick it in the closet. And our kids know where it's at. Now, mm -hmm. I do kind of look through it because sometimes they choose <laughs> things that I wouldn't necessarily choose to donate, like trash or whatever. All right. But they know where it's at. And if they're done with something, it's a habit we've created. And kind of and kind of having some rules in place. We're not going to bring more things in until we have cleared some things yes. out. So. I'm so glad you brought that up because Christmas, before your kids get their Christmas presents, that is a great time to declutter mm -hmm. their room. And it and it's kind of a time to create some excitement around it. Of Christmas is coming, you know, right. you're going to get presents from you're grandparents. Get new things. So we're going to make space for that, and we're going to go ahead and get rid of these things, mm -hmm. and we're going to donate them. That's a great time to go through those their kids' So rooms. right now, even though it feels like, okay, not one more thing, but these are very simple things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't take all day. It doesn't take a week. It's just as you're going through the day, if your eyes land on something and you know probably won't need this after the you know new year, after mm -hmm. Christmas and we get in the new year, then go ahead and, and get that box going and, yeah. and get it started because – uh, while everything's out, while everything's uh, being recycled through and, and repurposed and uh, put somewhere, it's a great time yeah. to figure it all out. So put that those extra Christmas decorations on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> yeah. I've sold some stuff during Christmas time. and Better, people, than, better than the garage sale. Yeah, they're, they're thrilled <laughs> to get it. Yeah, people are looking, especially if it's nice and still yeah. has, has that uh, tag on it. So last thought, we're running out of time. Uh, church is a huge part of all of our mm -hmm. lives. You know, you're uh, in ministry, a pastor's wife, and I've been in ministry longer than you've been living. So we know that <laughs> we know that church is so important to us. But as we're celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ in our own homes mm -hmm. and lives, we also feel this pressure to produce a really great Christmas experience mm -hmm. for the church, whether you're a pastor's wife or leader or a Sunday school teacher, you want the classroom to shine, you want the stories to be great, you want the party, you want you want to just bring it all alive. So not only do we have our homes and our own private lives, but then we have this 
you know, soul-saving purpose mm -hmm. for Christmas, you know, and productions and programs and plays and all of that. So uh, kind of wrapping up what you've told us for our personal lives and homes, how would that apply to church life? Well, ours almost started by accident in the sense of the, the simplified version that we, we decided on. The very first year of our church plan, our very first Christmas, I was expecting a baby, and she was due two days after Christmas. I knew she was probably going to come early, and she did. And so we did something for Christmas that if I wasn't there, it wouldn't be the end of the mm -hmm. world, which looking back, I mean, there were like seven of us, so it would have been <laughs> the end of the world. At all. <laughs> yeah, we probably wouldn't have done it. But it was we did it the very first week of Christmas, and now we've continued to do it. So rather than doing this huge banquet, which right now, we have some really great people in our church, but it would still be so much on my shoulders if we did that. Um, we do this little dessert exchange. We do like a little dessert party where people bring desserts. We have these little boxes and you take them home. You can stop like and it. enjoy some. It's a very simple thing and it works for our church. So sure, somebody else may have this amazing banquet and maybe they have someone in their church that wants to fund that. We currently don't have that. Or maybe they have someone that considers that their ministry. We don't have that. And so we're doing what works for our situation, not comparing ourselves to what right. everyone else is doing. Um, so simplifying those things, another thing that we did is we realized in Atlanta, we have so many people that that is not their home. They go to visit family other places. So those few weeks around Christmas, our congregation is definitely a much smaller size. So why would we work so hard to make this huge Christmas program if half our kids aren't even going to be there? And so we try to do that earlier in December, which also takes some pressure off of the parents that it's not like right before Christmas. And knowing in our situation that half the people wouldn't be there anyhow. But last year we did a video. So we had the kids come in. It was the cutest thing because you're asking these little kids what Christmas means to them and talk about the Christmas story. One kid talked about an alligator and a shark, you know, so I don't know, our Sunday school program may need some work. But, and then we showed this video during Christmas and everyone loved it. So it was this simplified version that worked so well for our church. So don't put the pressure on yourself that, because so many times as a pastor's wife, especially anyone who's listening that is a pastor's wife or you are that person in your church that does those things. Not only do you have all of these things with your family and all of these things with your kids and all of that, but then you have all of this stuff with the church. And sometimes we do it to ourselves. Absolutely. We plan all of this stuff and then wonder why we're so stressed out. When people, the simplified version, people don't show up because they're so overloaded absolutely. they can't come. And then, yeah. you know, then we have feelings we have to deal with absolutely. because we didn't get 100%. You yes. Know? So, so if you create a, a something more simple that people are more likely to come to and they're, they're going to enjoy it, they don't necessarily want to stay on the Sunday before Christmas and clean up for a banquet. Mm -hmm. They love just taking those cookies home to their family. And so create those simple things that, um, that work for your situation and take that stress off of yourself. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be huge. Christmas and, is and about Christ. you don't Christ. have to top what you did last no. year. Every year it can be different. Yes. So if last year you went over the top, maybe everybody needs this year to kind yes. of have, like, let's keep it simple. Let's have some breathing room. And let's uh, not feel guilty for not 
focusing on church and we actually have a little bit of time to focus on our family. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Oh, I think you. we are nearly out of time. So I want to just give you last words, thoughts, that one piece of advice you so hoped you could share, but I didn't give you a chance to. What would you like to say? Did, is there anything we missed? I don't think we really missed anything, but I just think it's really important that we realize that many times we're the ones overwhelming ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, where are those expectations coming from? Why do I feel the guilt about that? It's lots of times not coming from anywhere else other than our own heads. Yeah, give yourself I, a break. Give yourself a break. Yeah. Enjoy. Find the time to enjoy this season. My favorite thing to do is sit in the living room on an evening with no lights but the Christmas tree and some hot chocolate or decaf coffee or something. That's that's one of my favorite things to do. So make time for whatever that is that's your favorite thing to do during this season. And no one can do this for you. You right. have to do it yes, for yourself. you have to do it for yourself. And so for everyone that is listening or viewing, you're the only one who can make this holiday work for you. Mm -hmm. You put the happy back into Christmas for yourself. So thank you. Great information. And again, that reminder, please subscribe to Reflections Magazine. Uh, we want you to be able to get more information that we just don't have time to cover in the podcast, and you'll be able to find it there. Uh, if you are, uh, if you're viewing and have time, please like, comment, and share. Subscribe to our channel, and we appreciate it so much. So until next time, God bless, and have a very, very, very happy Christmas. Thanks for being with us.